Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. P with Mr. P Explorers, and if you are tuning in right now, you are back for yet another episode of Mr. P's Tales from the Road. How are ya? It's Friday afternoon, and damn, does it feel good to be off of work. Uh, I hope you guys are having a fantastic week, a wonderful weekend ahead. Uh, here in Cleveland right now, it's a little gloomy, it's raining, but as far as I can tell, the, the, the forecast for this weekend means exploration weather. Uh, I hear that the temperatures are coming down, the humidity's coming down, ought to be a peach. So if you're out there exploring this weekend, I hope you are, you know, you, you got some good plans going on. Um, I am going back to Detroit this weekend, so I'm excited about that. I also get to see my kid once again at Bowling Green. I get to travel up there and see a football game this weekend. So it's going to be kind of kind of wild. But uh, wherever you're at, I hope things are well. Uh, we got a crazy kind of show today. Um, I wanted to tell you guys real quick, I know I've been talking about this for, for weeks and weeks and possibly months, but I've, I've been talking about having interviews on the show, and now that I finally have my computer situated and everything's good to go, uh, I got the software ready to go, we're going to start having interviews, and we're going to spice things up a little bit. Every every couple of episodes, have somebody on. Uh, we're going to start with some people that I've been out with uh, and just have some fun. You know, it is you know, Mr. P's Tales from the Road, so it'd be cool to have some other explorers that I've been out with on to kind of reminisce and, and tell some stories from, you know, when we went out. So, stay tuned for that. That's in the works. It's happening, finally. All right, we're finally there. Today, uh, I want to talk to you guys. I've been, I've been, this has been on the back burner for a while. I've been thinking about this, how I would approach it, and uh, it finally all clicked together, and I finally figured that today, today is the day. Uh, I want to talk to you guys about a place that I've been dying to talk about. Uh, one that has kind of become sort of an inside joke to a lot of explorers right here in Northeast Ohio. Um... And if you're from Northeast Ohio, when you hear about this place, you'll be like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's a place that has, uh, it's abandoned, but not abandoned. It's a place that I've been many, many times as a kid and as a young adult, and I brought my own kid there. Um, It's a location here in Northeast Ohio um, that has a lot of stories told about it, and some of them, you know, are true, and some of them aren't true. Uh, when you hear about this place, you'll probably figure it out right away if you're from this location. If you're not from Ohio, uh, it's still a hell of a story. Uh, there's a lot of humor involved. That was the, that was the idea here to tell this story uh, with some 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 funniness involved. So stay tuned on that. Uh, and if you hear about something you might want to come check out, you know, all the better uh, to come to Ohio and check it out. Um, so I'm just gonna kick things off here and kind of describe the place, and then I'll unveil it for you. All right. Um, so, you know, here in Northeast Ohio, nestled between Cleveland and Akron, is the Cuyahoga Valley. Uh, let me give you a little geography here, all right? The, the Cuyahoga River kind of forms a horseshoe around the, the northeast, you know, northeastern part of Ohio. Uh, it starts way up in Ashtabula County, and it winds its way down to where Akron is at, and then it comes back north again and heads towards Cleveland, where it comes out in the lake. All right, it's a pretty long river. And it goes through a bunch of different towns. Uh, you know, in between Akron and Akron and Cleveland, that's what we're dealing with here. Um, in this area today, you will find the Cuyahoga Valley National Park. Uh, you know, it's this huge, and it is, it's a big valley, the Cuyahoga Valley, huge, wooded, beautiful area. It's kind of a surprising thing to find situated between two major population centers. Most people don't even know it's there. Uh, you know, people from here sometimes don't even know it's here. You know, people, we have a national park? Hell yeah, we have a national park, and it's amazing. Um, I've spent a lot of time in this place, you know, those hiking trails, waterfalls, at least seven different waterfalls you can go hike to. Beautiful scenic views. You've got a passenger train that takes you along the Cuyahoga River on the, on the rail line there. You can ride it and soak up. You, you can t- I think you can take it as far as Canton, Ohio, which is even further south than Akron. All right, it's a big, long, you can take it from Cleveland to Canton and back. Um, there is, uh, you know, the, the Ohio and Erie Canal runs through there. It runs parallel to the Cuyahoga River. Uh, very old, you know, from the 1820s, you know, back before trains even existed, people transported their stuff by barge along the, the, the canal. You can go see all the locks and stuff that are along there. Um, it's an amazing place. There's the, we, we have a place called Hale Farm and Village, which shows off how the pioneers used to live. You can go see glass blowing, and it's it's all set up like it would have been in the 18, the early 1800s. Uh, picnic areas and just this vast acreage, huge. You know, there's wildflowers and just it, it's it's an amazing place to go if you hike or bike or whatever it is you want to do. They got it there. It's, it's, it, we're very lucky to have it. But again, most people don't even know it's here. They're like, I don't even know we had a national park. We do. Uh, but despite all of this amazing natural splendor, there are many 
many far less reputable rumors and legends that surround the central area of this park, a place referred to as Boston Township. Boston Township is smack dab in the middle of the Cuyahoga Valley National Park. Uh, legends that have evolved over time and which have been amplified and mutated since the beginning and the rise of social media. Uh, things that kind of kicked off uh, early on in, in the history, ha- ha- t- you know, took root in the internet and have gone absolutely insane. All right. Uh, so we've got some funny stories to tell about this place. Um, rumors that have become truth for many who have read about it or seen documentaries on it. And no matter how much evidence exists to the contrary, they, they believe it. Um, that's the kind of stories that have evolved around this place. Boston Township uh, has been given another name due to all these crazy stories and, in many instances, fabricated urban legends. It's full of those. Uh, today, many refer to this uh, beautiful area, the scenic area. They call it Helltown. You think, well, what? Why would you call it Helltown? It's a beautiful area, right? National Park. Um, we're gonna get to that. There's some serious reasons for that. Uh, if you're from Northeast Ohio, you're going, ah, Mr. P, I see, I see where we're going with this. All right, Helltown. The areas most associated with Helltown are, you know, the Boston Township area. There, there's a smaller area called Boston Village, uh, Sagamore Hills, which is a legit suburb uh, further north. Uh, portions of Northfield Center Township, and I want to say Brecksville, are all towns in the area that this is this encompass this area uh, into one big large region, which they call Boston Mills, all right? And in fact, there, there's actually a ski resort in, in the Cuyahoga Valley, uh, in the valley, called Boston Mills. Um, but like a game of telephone, think back to when you were in school and people played telephone, right, where you'd stand in a line and one person would start with a story and then by the end it completely changed as it had passed through everybody, right? That's kind of how things went with Boston Township. Uh, What began as scary stories made up by teenagers decades ago, um, you know, people now refer to these stories, you know, it it, it reflects on it as as this dark, foreboding place where there's, there's ghosts and cults and maybe even a serial killer or two. Even some cryptids, right? Some animals that you know may or may not exist are, are supposedly existing in this this hell town area. You know, and then they and you'll hear see warnings online. It's dangerous to be in the area after dark. All right, down the line, these stories would get even more crazy. Uh, we're talking t- tales about Bigfoot, and even and get this, this is one of my favorites. There's even a story about something called the Wendigo, which is a Native American shape shifting demon that supposedly was murdering kids in this area of Boston Township. All right, now, naturally, no actual records exist for any of these tall tales. Um, some of them were written down, and as the internet took off, people began to, you know, repost them and add to them and change them up, and before you knew it, you know, what was just a bunch of crap became the truth, and people would post them on websites. And we all know that everything that's on the internet is true, right? Of course we do. Right. <laughs> sure it is. All right, so before we dive into some of the bizarre tales that come out of this place, uh, I want to give you some factual info on the land itself. All right, so this Helltown area is in the northern part of Summit County, Ohio. That's where Boston Township is. Um, the first mill, the first, and this was this place was full of industry back in the day. It was full of industry up until about the '70s when when things changed there. Uh, we'll get to that, but. Uh, it was settled in 1806. The first settlers moved in in 1806, so early on in the in the country's life, right? Uh, people moved here, and uh, it's the oldest village in Summit County, Boston Township. And the first mill was built in the village in the early 1820s. You know, so people started moving in, and a couple years later, they built the Ohio and Erie Canal through there, which brought a ton of people to there to, to work in these new mills. And uh, they built a paper mill, and you know, before you know it, there's a railroad line coming through, and... Uh, they, they named the station Boston Mills. And in fact, the depot is still there. You can actually, the rail line that you ride through is the original rail line that, that connected Cleveland and Akron. Um, they called it Boston Mills because there was a paper mill there and the name just stuck. So over the years, not a whole lot changed. It was a small town, but in the 1960s, all right, you know, people lived there and, you know, as time modernized, you know, there was some industrial stuff that came in and, you know, it was a decent population down in this valley in Boston Township. In the late 1960s, things began to change. There was this huge nationwide movement that came along, uh, this whole you know, green uh, thought about, about how industry was killing everything. Uh, you know, the EPA was a couple years away. People were expressing concern over the destruction of our forests and our, our woodlands. And uh, when 1974 rolled around, 
right after Nixon got canned and uh, Jerry Ford took over, President Ford took over, um, in an effort to save the forests and look good, he signed legislation that enabled the National Park Services of America to purchase land and use it to create national parks. And that's exactly what happened in the Cuyahoga Valley. So as a result of that, uh, on December 27th, 1974, the federal government bought hundreds of acres, including land within Boston Township, and they decided to call it a national recreation area. Uh, you know, now, <laughs> that sounds good, but here's the thing. People already lived there. Lots of people lived in this area. All right, people that go down in the, in the park today probably don't know that this was a thriving community at one point. People lived there like any other town. There were, you know, it had shop, you know, places to shop and uh, houses and a school and, and different things like that. All right, so there's a little bit of a darker aspect to it. Um, the federal government had jurisdiction to buy houses and land right out from one of the current owners in order to clear the way for the park. You know, eminent domain. Uh, so basically what that means was they began acquiring houses all over Boston Township and the surrounding area. And uh, once they decided to buy the property, there was no negotiation. They'd give, you, they'd give you whatever they thought the land was worth, and they'd kick your ass out. And that was it. No complaining. There was no redress. It was, here's your money. Get out. Get lost. We're tearing down your house. Whatever. All right. So basically what you had in Boston Township was a mass evacuation of residents. Um, leaving in droves, taking their money, getting the hell out. I mean, imagine how pissed these people were. I know I would be if the government said, "Here, this is here's here's a here's a small amount of money for your problems. Uh, leave your house that you've worked hard to build and take care of behind, and go find someplace else to live." I'd be pretty pissed too. All right, but people left, and entire townships, like all these towns and pieces of these towns, got swallowed up by the new Cuyahoga Valley National Park. Uh, there's a whole documentary about it. There's a 1983 PBS documentary called For the Good of All, and it talks about all of that. Uh, check it out sometime. It talks about all the crazy stuff that happened and those interviews of all the pissed-off homeowners. And you got to feel for them. I know I do. All right? Um, in fact, there was, there was on the side of one of the walls of one of the abandoned houses, on, on one of the outsides, it says, Now we know how the Indians felt. Which, I mean, yeah. I mean, getting kicked off your land without any redress. I mean, that's exactly what happened. All right, now, all these houses, of course, got boarded up and were covered with no trespassing signs, you know, issued by the U.S. government, and uh, the, the, the plan was to let them sit vacant until the government could arrange to have them all torn down. Now, that took a lot longer than they probably expected. Um, you know, some of these houses were intentionally burned to, to serve as training exercises for local fire departments. A lot of them were left there to rot, and for decades... Uh, several decades now, there are houses that are still there all throughout the park, most of them overgrown, many of them falling apart, um, that, that are still there from the evacuation, still boarded up, still have the signs on them and everything. Now, a lot of them are in bad shape, but they're still there. So, you know, these hundreds of homes, you know, obviously the government fell behind and it took forever. Even today, they still haven't finished tearing them all down. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't uncommon. You know, you drive down one of the streets in Boston Township and find a bunch of boarded up houses sitting next to burned out remains of other ones. All right, uh, you know, and if you were you know a motorist coming, if you're driving through there, unaware of the events, um, it, it just appeared that a whole town had been mysteriously just disappeared into thin air, like gone, like just erased. Right um, now, <laughs> that being the case, with all of that going on, even in the '80s, it doesn't take much. For a story like that to evolve, or stories, crazy stories to evolve out of what happened. Even if it was a completely shitty situation and a logical and, and documented situation, people took what happened and ran with it. And before you know it, you've got conspiracy theories and legends and all kinds of crazy shit coming out of that evacuation, which we'll get to. Um, you know, all the abandoned buildings and the roads and the public areas of the township were fertile ground for conspiracy theories. And, and, and they're still there today. People still believe in them, even though you can totally prove them wrong. <laughs> so let's get down to it. What are some legends of, of, of Helltown? Well, first one I'll tell you about is just the name itself. They, they, there were different names given to this area, this abandoned area. Some of them called it Mutant Town. And in another one, in a kind of like a, a weird way, they called it Mutane Town, which I'll get into here in a minute. M-U-T-A-N-E. Uh, alternate names for the Helltown area. Now, why did they call it Mutant Town? Well, first of all, this whole area used to have industrial uh, areas in it as well. And uh, back in the 70s, they weren't too good about cleaning things up when they, they made a mess. So there were lots of areas in 
the Cuyahoga Valley that had toxic uh, chemicals stored there, uh, garbage and you know, old junkyards and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and, you know, because of that, people made up stories about, you know, well, the chemicals are in the ground. You've got these mutants wandering around. That's why. I mean, and then a couple of years later, it would kind of be solidified a little bit. That's when Love Canal happened. If you're not familiar with Love Canal in Niagara Falls, New York, you know, kind of the same thing. They had a huge chemical leak there and people got sick and it was this whole big mess that probably reinforced this story of, of mutants living in the woods in, in Boston Township, you know, in some of these abandoned houses. Now, uh, did any of that actually happen? Were, were there mutants running around? Hell no. All right, there weren't. There were locals that stayed that managed to, to find a way to stay there uh, and live on the outskirts, you know, but, but they weren't mutants. They were just people who probably were even more protective of their land now, knowing that the government could take it. So, yeah, if you showed up on their land, they might be chasing you off, especially if you're there at night. So mutant, you know, it's not a, it's not a stretch to, to imagine people making up a story like that. Now, the whole mutane town seems to be just a misspelling of mutant town, though there are some people out there that honestly believe there used to be a butane plant in the area, and that's somehow how it got its name. Butane, mutane, totally not true. All right, lots of industry existed in the area, but a butane plant was not on the list. Uh, not even true that there was a chemical spill in Boston Township. Now, there were, like I said, there were areas where they had toxic chemical and oil barrels, you know, galore, um, garbage and all kinds of stuff, uh, but no chemical spills. Um, now, if you've ever been to, to Cuyahoga Valley, there's a whole big area along Riverview Road there called the Beaver Pond. It's off the Towpath Trail, which runs along the old canal. Uh, that area used to be a soup of nastiness. We're talking like barrels and just junk. It was, just, it was, a, it was a dump, basically. People just dumped all their shit uh, in there. Um, we'll get to an actual actual real dump. I'm going to talk about a real dump there that was just a, an EPA nightmare that may have helped make this myth a little bit a little stronger. All right, but now it's been cleaned up, and now you've got this big beaver pond, and you've got beavers living in it, building dams. You see beavers all over the place down there. you got turtles and a shit ton of birds. Right, everywhere. It, it's come back to life. The place has been completely cleaned up. The park system did a fabulous job with it. It's beautiful. If you've ever been down there, you know what I'm talking about. Um, now, the place I want to tell you about that, that kind of may have lent to this, uh, and I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this right. Uh, the, 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 I want to say Kreji Dump Site. It's, it's spelled K-R-E-J-C-I. I, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that. If you know, by all means, let me know. I'm going to go with Kreji with, with Dump Site. All right. Uh, what, it, was, it was a salvage yard down there. Waste disposal facility in the township. Uh, from about 1948 to 1980, and they received all kinds of solid and hazardous wastes from, from cities, towns, different companies. Um, I'll get into uh, some of the companies here in a minute. Uh, this toxic materials were buried in unlined pits, and uh, shit rusted, and liquid leaked out, and it just it just seeped unchecked into the environment. You know, typical 1970s, early 80s fun. That if you were around for that, you remember some of that stuff. It was just like there was shit everywhere. Uh, now, in 1985, Cuyahoga Valley acquired that property and realized, holy shit, there's a lot of pollution down here. The, the level of contamination qualified to make it a Superfund site under the EPA, which is like the worst you can get. Um, all kinds of corporations, we're talking Ford Motor Company, General Motors, Chrysler, 3M, Chevron, a ton of others were dumping chemicals in this, this, this chemical pit, and uh, they had to get rid of it. Uh, and the National Park Service had to find a way to do that. Uh, we're talking $50 million to remove all that and restore it to, to some kind of natural state. All right. And they didn't finish doing that until December 2020. That area is now wetlands. It's, this, it's called a sage wetland. So there's all kinds of wildlife. So it has been successful, but it took decades to clean up the shitstorm that happened there. So you can imagine, you know, people that live down there or even people that would come could make up a story about mutants coming off of that. I mean, think like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? You know, the green ooze. Sure. All right. But, so that's one of the stories that was going around. There were these mutant people living in the woods, you know, chasing after people. Uh, people would tell stories about it. You know, and we all like to make up stories. It's a good time. But, you know, in the Internet age, those stories have a way of getting legs and moving and becoming real to most people. So that's that. Moving on to the next thing, all right? The Satanic Church. Of course, what's a spooky area without a Satanic Church, all right? Allegations of Satan worshiping were going on in this town. 
Uh, rumors were flying around on websites and Facebook pages about all the people in the area worshiping, you know, worshiping the devil. And there are animal mutilations and satanic symbols all over the place, uh, which, no, I've been down there so many times, I've never seen anything satanic anywhere. And I've been, all, I've been in most places in that park. All right, I've never seen anything that leads me to believe there's Satan worshiping going on. I mean, could it could it have happened? Maybe, but they don't leave evidence behind if they're doing it. All right, and you know, the 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 origin for this probably leads to an actual real place called the Mother of Sorrows Church. There's a real world church called the Mother of Sorrows. Uh, supposedly, according to the stories, there were black masses being conducted there. Ooh, and 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 they were supposed to be upside down crosses all over the building. Right? Turns out that the cross shape on the building is actually just a feature of Gothic Revival architecture. So, uh, you know, people were seeing that and going, oh, Satan, and it wasn't. It was just part of the architecture. You know, maybe they could have been a little more careful, but how would they have known that people would take that the wrong way you know, when they saw that? I don't know. Uh, but it's an active church today. There's actually a congregation. They're, they're anything but satanic. You can go ahead and look them up. They have a website. Just look them up. They're there. They have, they have every Sunday they have, they have, they have church services, so they're there. All right, so, you know, that's another story that people will tell, the Satan worshipers. Even today, people, oh, there's people worshiping Satan and killing cats and whatever else. No, it doesn't happen. All right, uh, the next one. Oh, this, this, one, this one has the possibility of being true. All right, something called the Peninsula Python was seen in the 1940s. Um, and, and, of course, in modern day, people swear that it's still there or the, the, the you know, the, 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 ancestors of this thing or the, uh, the the children of this thing are still around all right the story is that at back in the 1940s in the in the mid 1940s uh, there was this giant snake in this town of Peninsula which is right there in Boston Township Peninsula is actually a, a an actual town town it does exist it was not evacuated um, pretty cool little town actually all right uh, suppose it was this giant snake that was 15 to 19 feet long it had these you know dark Brownish blotches, was climbing trees. Uh, according to the story, it could rear up like a cobra and hiss at you. Uh, it was eating hens out of hen houses. It was leaving all kinds of tracks behind as wide as an automobile tire. Uh, people believe that it was a mutation. A chemical spill. There's the chemical spill again, right? Um, creating these giant snakes. And, uh, you know, uh, residents were leaving because the snake was terrifying everybody. It was slithering around the area. Um, this all happened in 1944. Uh, a guy by the name of Clarence Mitchell swears he saw this thing in his cornfield, and uh, a posse formed, and they tried to find this thing, and nothing was found except for broken branches and trails leading into the Cuyahoga River nearby. Um, you know, other people started reporting sightings of this thing, and after a while, it just kind of all wound down. Some lady was like, it scared her cows so much that they broke loose and ran away. All right. Now, could, could this have been real? Sure. Supposedly, an escaped snake from a carnival truck crashed in the area around 1934. Ten years later, I, I don't know what the, the lifespan of a snake is. I have no idea. But that's another story that gets told about this place. That there's, there's snakes everywhere. I've never seen a snake. And let's be honest, folks, in modern day, with as many people that go down there that have phones, somebody would have seen it by now and gotten a photo of it or, or a video of it. It, it No. All right. Um, uh, uh, you know, kind of to go along with the whole Satan worshiping thing, let's talk about the cemeteries that are down there. There's some stories about the cemeteries that, of course, people have, have made up over the years to scare each other. Uh, there's, a, there's a bunch of little cemeteries in Boston Township that are, you know, from the beginning, from the, from the, the beginning of the settlement there, very old cemeteries uh, that are supposedly the, the home of ghosts. Uh, terrifying stories. There's, supposedly there's one ghost who sits on a bench and stares out into space. If you go there at night, you'll see this ghost sitting there. Um, I've been to the mall, and I've never found a bench. That's not to say there wasn't one there once, or maybe I missed it, but um, I've never felt or seen anything menacing there. Uh, I mean, granted, it was daytime. Uh, just ordinary cemeteries that happen to have old graves, like really old graves from the 1800s. Um, I've never seen anything there. I never felt any 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 groovy mojo going on there. But who knows? I, I mean, maybe there is. I would be willing to believe in ghosts. Um, there's been plenty of evidence that's been found, but I, who knows? I don't know. I've never seen any evidence from this place. Uh, now, be warned if you go to 
this area of Boston Township, they, they got patrols there. The cops do patrol it. Uh, they're there to keep the kids away. They have lights that are on at night. They want to keep the kids and the paranormal explorers out. The locals aren't too keen on people just you know wandering around the, the, the graveyards at night, which makes sense. All right, so if you're planning to visit there, be aware. Be careful. They're looking for people. Next up, we've got a story about a school bus. Oh, all right. This story has some creepy elements to it. Where do you hear this? All right. A haunted school bus, supposedly, with all the seats removed, was said to sit at the edge of the woods somewhere along the side of one of the abandoned roads in Helltown. And the legend was that it had kids on it, and it was hauling on its last trip. They were, they were, they were coming home from a field trip or something. I don't know. And... The bus broke down or something to that nature, and uh, the bus driver was waiting for help, and the kids were in the bus, and supposedly a bunch of crazy cultists came out of the woods and murdered all the kids. Um, According to the legend, uh, when this bus was still there, uh, you were able to see the kids, you know, the outlines of the kids, the shadows of the kids at night. You could see them in there. Um, Some people say they've seen the, the ghost of the single killer who came on the bus smoking a cigarette in the back of the bus. That could have been anybody sitting in the bus smoking a cigarette. Who the hell knows if it actually happened at all. But the truth is basically pretty simple. This, this is totally debunked, all right? There's a, a dude repairing his home who lived in the old bus with his family until they could move into this house. They were, they were, he was working on his house. They lived in the bus. The bus has been towed away years and years and years ago, long gone. So, again, creepy bus. Makes sense to make up some crazy stories about it. You know, I would have back in the day. I'm sure I would have believed some of that. Uh, another story that uh, that comes up is, is is about a road called the End of the World. There's this uh, a steep, you know, there there are a lot of abandoned roads in the township. A lot of abandoned roads that were closed off. You know, when they when they abandoned the houses, they cut off the roads, they blocked them off. Um, you can walk down some of them still. Some of them even still have the the stripes and the guardrails and signs. You can walk down, and it's it's you know, weeds coming through and everything else, but. Um, there's a road called Stanford Road, and nothing, nothing very supernatural here, but I mean, it just it's it's it goes down deep into the valley, and you know, it has become kind of sinister because the, the 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 foliage has kind of closed in from the sides, so it's very narrow. You've still got the a little bit of pavement in the middle, but the sides are all covered with you know years worth of leaves, and uh, it, it's just this creepy Last of Us vibe, uh, and people call it the end of the world, and and of course, this is where you find your abandoned houses. End of the world, Stanford Road, there are abandoned houses still here and there. If you go looking, sometimes you'll see them or find them. A lot of them have been torn down. A lot of them were burnt. All right, this one is just your standard ghost story. This could happen anywhere. But according to legend, there is a hearse that if, if, you know, if you're walking around at night in Boston Township, in Helltown, um, supposedly you will come across a hearse that will chase you. You know, you, you can hear this in any town. Kids make up this kind of shit all the time. Now, there's a local guy that did own a hearse, but w- w- he wasn't chasing people around with it. He, he, he ran like, you know, <laughs> ran a service, right? He was, he was you know, he was a driver. He had a hearse. He took care of that for the local churches. That's what he did. Um, so no, no clue. No clue where it would have happened. It just sounds like your typical creepy location trope. So, you know, who knows? Uh, supposedly, there was a slaughterhouse down there, not far from the cemetery, Haha. Ha. All right. So it is said. Right. I, I, I doubt it was a slaughterhouse. Um, according to what I've been able to find out, it was just a barn, an old barn. And, and maybe the farmer there cured meat. You know, who knows? Uh, but it had a reputation for being a haunted slaughterhouse where you would see faces if you looked through the windows at night. Because, of course. Uh, and again, I'm not I'm not bashing the paranormal. I know there's a lot of people that do that. And I know that I, I, I've seen lots of evidence and I've heard lots of evidence, EVPs, that kind of stuff. So I'm not I'm not bashing paranormal investigation at all. But, you know, this just kind of sounds like one of those things that kids would make up scaring themselves going out there at night, you know, faces through the windows of, of the barns. Or it could just be locals scaring the shit out of kids, which, you know, could be the case. Um a lot of these old barns belong to the old homes that don't exist anymore. Some of them are still there. Uh, the park uses some of them for storage. But uh, as far as I know, no slaughtering going on out there these days. All right. Uh, abandoned houses. Um, like I said, lots of abandoned houses. Uh, according to stories, there's haunted ones. I mean, could there be? Sure. 
according to the stories, there's a local boarding house that was abandoned. That's been mistaken for you know a haunted house. Uh, a suicide supposedly happened out there in 2004, adding to the reputation. Um, but again, I mean, like I said, most of these houses, I've been to these houses. I've been to a lot of these houses, and they're just basically overgrown houses that are rotting and falling apart. You go in there, and there's just moldy drywall and, you know, crusty old carpet and crusty old wallpaper. And you can tell it's like, you know, from the 40s and 50s. There's homes that were built in the 40s and 50s and 60s. And, uh, you know, there's your typical shitty graffiti from kids, right? You know, drawing dicks on the wall, that kind of stuff. It's, there's nothing exciting to see in these houses. Most of them are, are worse than some of the houses I've seen in Detroit or, you know, Cleveland or anywhere else. They're just, they're just out in the woods, and, you know, at some point they'll just fall on their own. Um, now, according to Atlas Obscura, I did find this out. They claim that all the buildings in Helltown were torn down in 2016. Now, I, I'm going to call horseshit to that. Uh, because as of 2020, there were still plenty of them around. <laughs> if you went looking and you walked down a lot of these old roads, you will find them. One day I went out there on a Sunday early, and I just walked around for miles, and uh, you know, I, I did find some stuff and got some photos. Um, I don't know how many of them are there. That was three years ago, but you know, that's four years past the date that Atlas Obscura gives, so who knows? All right, um... It's a dwindling number. There's not much left. If you go there today, you're not going to find as many. You might not be able to find many at all. Um, so, now, this one, <laughs> this one's getting kind of crazy. I heard about this when I was younger. When I was, when I was in high school uh, and then later in college, there were a lot of rumors going around about Bigfoot sightings in the Cuyahoga Valley. Now, you know, I, I haven't gone myself to the Bigfoot Research Organization site, you know, BFRO. I haven't gone there to see if their archives have any truth to that. Um, these were stories that I heard from other people who were, had gone down there and swore that they heard howls and they saw things and heard things in the woods. You know, I can believe a lot, and I can even believe that 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 a, that a Bigfoot might exist, but I don't know if it could exist in the Cuyahoga Valley. There's lots of woods there, so maybe. But the amount of people that go through there daily. You'd have to imagine someone would have seen something and have been able to record it or get it on. You know, I, I don't know, and, and maybe and maybe I'm wrong, but I, I I know other places in Ohio I could buy that, but I don't know about the Cuyahoga Valley. It's too again. There's lots of acreage, but there's also lots of houses around and lots of things where you could see something like that. You know, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm it's I'm it's head it's it's up in the air. It's fifty fifty for me. I don't know. I'll leave it up to you guys to decide. All right. Now this is this next part. This is this is the this is the craziest part of all. All right, this is the biggest whopper that I've ever heard about Boston Township or Helltown ever. All right, it has to do with a Travel Channel television, quote unquote, documentary called Helltown, which is simply called Helltown. Uh, this documentary supposedly showed the strange goings on in Boston Township. And of course, naturally, I had to give it a watch. Right, and as I'm watching it, I laughed my ass off. All right, fiction after fiction after fiction was just pouring out. I'm like, no way. Uh, this, it, to me, this movie felt more like Stephen King's. He had this 1980s horror uh, vignette movie called Creep Show, where it had different stories that he had written. That they, they they did like little pieces, parts, different different like one act plays kind of thing. Creep Show. It was kind of like that. It's just, you know, each one was a bizarre story. That's kind of how it felt to me. But they were selling it originally as a documentary, right? And, you know, it was sold as having serious and researched work, at least in the, in the beginning of the, 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 uh, the episode, the, the movie, right? Um, now, amongst other things, this show claimed that this town of Boston Township was the site of a cult compound shooting. You know, think like Waco, Texas, right, that left 14 people dead in the 60s. No, that <laughs> did not happen. All right, a teenager mysteriously disappeared after going into a quote-unquote restricted area in 2016, and that this kid was eaten by a Wendigo. I'm going back to the Wendigo. All right, if you're not familiar with the term Wendigo, let me give you a little layup here on what it is. All right, a Wendigo uh, in Native American cultures, in a lot of Native American cultures, is this malevolent evil spirit, uh, sometimes depicted as a, it has human-like characteristics, sometimes it's like a wolf, um, it possesses human beings. 
And what it does is it, it, it turns people into these monsters. Uh, it, it gives them feelings of insatiable greed and hunger and the desire to, to eat other humans. Uh, a lot of Native Americans say if you, if, you did can, if you did the whole cannibalism thing, you would turn into a Wendigo. You know, that's the situation. So supposedly this kid was eaten by a Wendigo, which, come on, um, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm highly doubting that, all right? Uh, I'm highly doubting that. I mean, there's possibility. There's a small possibility, but I doubt it, all right? Um, another story here mentioned that there was a military operation going on, and it went haywire, and that's why they, that's why they closed the whole place down, right? They, they locked it all down. They evacuated everybody in the 70s. Uh, the military came in and closed everything up because something went crazy, and they had to do that. Now, that's, that's not true. <laughs> we have records of what happened. Uh, there was no military involvement, no, no, no army trucks, no soldiers, no gas masks, none of that shit happened. Um, you know, and according to the story, uh, you know, these soldiers stumbled upon these occultists that were out in the woods. You know, and that, and that makes for gripping fiction. That'd be an amazing story in fiction, right, maybe, um, but it's, it's all crap, all of it. All right, I'm not trying to sound mean, right, but if you're making a documentary, it should stick to facts and not stir up false tales um, that the Travel Channel knows damn well. Uh, young kids and gullible adults will buy lock, stock, and barrel. There are plenty of people who will buy this as real and go, oh, oh, that's real, and and spread that. And uh, there have been Facebook posts that prove it. All right, I can't be any more clear. This is a scripted piece of entertainment. It was not a documentary. It's what we call a mockumentary. Any of the experts or townspeople or police officers and even the soldiers that they had in, 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 in what they call the quote-unquote archival or found footage are, are actors. Okay, they're all, all of them are actors. Okay, not one of them is real. Um, but yet after this happened, after this video, this movie came out, uh, you know, in, in, in the in a couple of years, this is not, not that long, a couple of years ago, um, a shit ton of people came to Boston Township to poke around and try to find the stuff that happened in the, in this film. All right, they tried to find this compound, and you know wherever wherever this poor kid was supposedly eaten, they went looking for Wendigos. All this stuff happened, and people would be on these Facebook pages asking, "Where where is that spot? Where is this?" And blah, blah, blah. this doesn't exist. It's not there. Um, people from other states would come here looking for this stuff. You know, where, where is the military base? You know, where, on and on and on. Now, we local Northeast Ohioans, when, when these people would come onto the forums and ask these questions, would laugh our asses off because we know it's not true. We've been to these places. We've been to Boston Township. We've explored around. We've poked into all the different nooks and crannies. There's, there's, there's no military base. There's no uh, cannibal compound. There's none of that stuff. Um, but, you know, you would have these fights with people on forums. Who would insist? They'd get, they'd get indignant. They'd get mad. And they'd insist that we were wrong and that the stories were true, which only led to more hilarity and more jokes and just, you know, it, that never leads to a good place. Seriously, it happened. Uh, yeah, you can believe it. If, you, if you've ever been on a Facebook, uh, Urban Exploration Facebook page um, that's not regulated, that doesn't have good, good people in charge and just goes haywire and, and there's all kinds of just random shit in there, you know that this happens. All right, so this, this movie aired on the Travel Channel just before Halloween. I'm sure that was planned in 2017, and uh, every now and again it gets re-aired. Uh, the trailer for the movie, if you go looking for it, it might still be on YouTube. I don't know. Uh, and it starts with a, with a disclaimer noting, This story is inspired by accounts of a real American town that has been abandoned for more than 40 years. Um, it isn't until the very end of the film, like after the credits have rolled, that the Travel Channel comes in with a little something, you know, telling that certain events in this film are fictional. Most people don't stay till the end, right? They change the channel. So there are people that seriously believe that what happened in this video is truthful, all right? Some people either ignore it or they pretend not to see it. Um, there were stock photos off the Internet that were used for the, the two missing children. There's a story about two missing children that were supposedly murdered out there, and uh, they had pictures up as, as you know, these kids. It, it was stock photos. People actually went out and found the stock photos um, online. The cult compound was actually a photo from a location in the Czech Republic. Right, This, this cult compound, this aerial of the cult compound, was from the Czech Republic, and it wasn't even a, it wasn't a compound you know, of any kind. It was just a building, like a farm building. Um, there's all sorts of things that locals from this area would know that are completely false, right? They're, they're, they, they talked about a radio station, WBOH. There's no such radio station, never has been, ever. 
Um, they made up fake reports from you know, quote-unquote experts from local colleges that they supposedly consulted. Um, they were people who never existed. You know, so good times, right? Um, you know, it's just one of those things, guys. People, people won't dig that deep. They'll take whatever they see on the Internet as truth. This happened. It was a documentary. I saw it on this channel. I saw it on that channel. They, they wouldn't lie to us. Yes, they would, and yes, they did. <laughs> Travel Channel is notorious for doing that. Uh, it's all about the, the glitz and glamour and not about the truth so much anymore. That's kind of why cable TV channels suck. Um, it's all about getting you to watch and not about giving you the truth. You know, now, kid, kids watching this, I can understand that. I, kid, kids are gullible. We know that. I mean, I teach them. I teach them, and a lot of them will hear things. And honest to God, I could tell these kids that I was in Vietnam, even though I was born the year after it ended, and they believe me. They, 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 they'll believe what you tell them. All right, kids are like that. Their, their brains aren't wired yet to, to, to know better. All right, but adults, many of which who were taught better in school, should know a hell of a lot better, but they don't. All right. As we know, if you've ever, if you've been alive for the last, oh, say, ten years, adults have gotten pretty stupid on that kind of stuff too. So um, those are some of the stories. That's some of the stories that have come out of out of Helltown. Now, what's actually in Helltown? You know, what can you go see that's actually abandoned? What's there to actually see? What's the truth of it? Well, let me give you guys some stuff here. There's plenty of cool stuff to see and document in the park. Cuyahoga Valley National Park has a ton of stuff to go see, uh, abandoned and otherwise. Uh, there's those abandoned houses I mentioned earlier. Um, whichever ones can can be found, if they still exist, if you can locate them, they're there. Uh, the roads they used to be on are, are there, but they get more and more overgrown each year, looking more like something out of, you know, like... like, like Walking Dead. I mean, it's it's it's, it's getting getting run down. Uh, nature's taken back over again. They look more like regular trails now. Uh, the only thing that you can tell they were roads was they still have you know, guardrails and signs up that kind of thing. Um, Stanford Road is still there. You can go check that out. But there's not a whole lot to see anymore. The park has torn down almost everything that there is to see, leaving you know nothing of the legend. Like whatever legends have been told, all, all that stuff's gone. There's nothing to see. There may be an old barn, a storage barn there, or you know stuff like that. But there's really nothing else to see. But there are some houses if you go looking. I'm not exactly sure where they're at anymore, to be honest. I mean, I, I don't know which ones have been torn down since. Um, to be honest, they're not really that exciting. Uh, if you're just starting off exploring, they're kind of cool. Like, oh, an abandoned house. But to be honest, they're, they're, they're just like boring 1960s suburban-looking homes. They're nothing special. But if you're into that kind of thing, knock yourself out. Uh, my favorite thing that's still down in this area um, is it is an area called the Jate Paper Mill site. All right, if if you've ever been cruising down Riverview Road through the park, uh, as you're as you're coming to a, a road called Vaughn Road in, in the Cuyahoga Valley, you will notice a collection of small yellow buildings clustered around the railroad crossing. There, Vaughn Road has this this railroad crossing in Brecksville, and all around there are these yellow, these bright yellow, old school buildings. Uh, now, today they're the National Park's headquarters. They have all the headquarters and the, uh, the rangers are all situated there. Um, there's an old railroad depot there. Uh, it says Jate on it. Uh, this used to be the actual company housing for the Jate paper mill. This is where all of the people that lived there, lived, worked there, lived um, back in the day. Uh, it's, it's kind of really kind of a cool history. Uh, there used to be a giant paper mill right there along the Cuyahoga River, uh, not that far from the road. You can walk to the site today and see it. Um, short, you know, long story short, uh, it was founded by a guy named Charles Jate back in 1905. He bought some land down there and began construction. He, he was an immigrant from Germany. Right? He was a young boy. As a young boy, he, he was working in a paper mill. And when he got to be 13, he was working in Cleveland in a paper mill. And somehow, eventually, down the line, became the president of a company called the Standard Bag and Paper Company, uh, and later the vice president of the Cleveland Paper Company. Um, down the line, he decided to resign and wanted to found his own paper mill, so uh, he, he built this new paper mill called the Jate Paper Company right there along the Cuyahoga River, and uh, it basically provided local farmers with extra construction work. He, he hired the farmers to help him build the buildings and connect the railroad up to, to the main line that runs through there today. And uh, it was right on the Ohio Erie Canal, and it was, it was on the railroad. Uh, it, it, it gave jobs to local farmers, um, and it basically pulled a lot of people down from Cleveland to come live in the valley. So you had a lot of Polish immigrants coming down, living, in, living down there, so it kind of changed the makeup of, of the people living there. A lot of Polish immigrants came down and worked in this new paper mill. 
So, but, you know, 1918, they had 250 people working there, um, making all kinds of stuff. Uh, they had these giant cylinder machines making this stuff called blue line paper. It was basically for flour bags and cement bags, that kind of thing. Um, later on, they'd be making fertilizer bags and bread sacks and all kinds of stuff that you'd use in your home, uh, postal service, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, down the line, towards the 50s, they couldn't compete with lar- larger manufacturers, and the Jate family sold the, the, the company in 1951. Um, it exchanged hands a bunch of times uh, until 1975, when it became a uh, a, a, a historical uh, national on the na- on the National Register of Historical Places. Right? Um, it was called the Jate Mill Historical District. Um, and the last day, you know, the last day that the mill was open was in December of 1984. At that point, it closed, and the National Park Services bought it a year later. And uh, had plans to rehabilitate the entire plant and do something with it. Maybe use it for storage. Maybe, I, I don't know. Maybe that was where they're going to have their maintenance vehicles. I have no idea. Um, they wanted to use that whole property and, and rehabilitate it and reuse it. Uh, and the yellow offices, these yellow buildings, became the park headquarters. They had tons of plans. Problem is, uh, on, on October 2nd, 1992, some asshole set fire to the main plant and the whole thing burned to the ground. You know, what it left behind was this huge safety hazard. You had all these crumbling walls and roofs half collapsing. You know, and I've seen that a thousand times in factories in Detroit, right? The same situation. Uh, lots of asbestos and lots of possible hazardous wastes um, in different areas. You know, chemicals and things for, for paper making, I guess. Um, so, and it, and it stood for a long time. I had, I had a friend uh, who actually was there in the 80s who took his film camera. He has photos of the inside of the J8 paper mill. And it was really cool looking. And they were actually like still like old old rolls of paper, these giant rolls of paper with, with uh, someone had written on it, last roll, last J8 roll, 1984. It was the last roll that came off the line. They just left it there. It was sitting in this open, inside this open area inside this factory. Uh, inside the factory were, uh, were all the giant paper rolls, like how they would make the paper. The machinery was still left in there. So the fire ruined a lot of that. Um, and, and basically after the fire, what the National Park decided to do was, all right, well, we're not going to be able to fix this, so let's just tear it down. We're going to let the mill site go back to its natural habitat. We'll clean it up. Uh, it took them a while because of the funding. They didn't have a lot of funding. But eventually they got money from a legal settlement from some of the companies that were dumping chemicals that they were cleaning up, right? All the companies I mentioned earlier, you know, Ford and 3M and Chevron, they actually had to pay up and they used that money to clean up Jade. So the ruins were completely cleared by 2006. Um, What the park did leave, which is awesome, were the original uh, uh, paper rollers, these giant paper roll machines. Uh, They're called, uh, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it, it's French, so I'm going to give it a shot here. Um, Fordrinier, 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 I don't know. They're these huge paper rolls built in 1928. They're that old. So they're 100 years, almost 100 years old. And they're still sitting there today on the site, rusting away. on the concrete pad of this old factory. The whole, the whole factory's gone, but the, the concrete footings and everything and, the, and the, the floor of the place is still all there. If you, if you find it on Google, Google Maps, you'll see the whole area. You can kind of see where the factory was. Um, I've been in, I, I've shot these before. I'd love to go back. Um, I shot them, last time I shot them, I shot them poorly. <laughs> it was a long time ago. So I'd love to go back, maybe this fall. Fall would be a good time. Now, I've, I've been there. Like I said, I've been there. I've made trips to the Jate site. Um, the first time I went there was to make a video, <laughs> and uh, I was all excited, and I got the paper rollers, and I walked around the whole site. And um, a couple weeks later, I got a call from a ranger who saw my video on YouTube, and he demanded that I take it down. He, he, he emailed my school account, which was what this was under at the time. He, he demanded that I, I, I take down the video. It was encouraging people to come and, and, and cause trouble there. And uh, at the time, I thought, well, I don't want to get in trouble. So I did. I, I took it down. You know, not knowing, realizing today that I could have told him to, you know, buzz off, man. I, I could have told him that, and it would have been legal. Because um, there were, no, tres- there were no, no, no trespassing signs there. No signs. No signage at all. Um, but anyway, they later on sealed up the fences. And as far as I know today, it's, it's hard to get to. There are ways in, but you've got you to gotta walk through the woods a little bit. 
Uh, the bridge that's there, the bridge that ran the rail line to the actual paper plant is still there. The spur that comes off of the main line uh, that goes through the Cuyahoga Valley where the, the scenic railroad is, there's an actual a, a switch, a spur, and it leads back into the woods and it crosses over the Cuyahoga River, this beautiful old bridge, and it would roll right into the, to the factory. And the bridge is still there. It's awesome. It's this big steel trust bridge, trust bridge all rusting, janky as hell, <laughs> the wood is all falling apart, the ties are all rotting, I wouldn't walk on it if you paid me, uh, even though it's built sturdy, but it makes for a hell of a shot, so it's a really cool place. The problem is, to get to the bridge, you gotta go through Pricker Heaven, alright, this, this old, the old rail, the old rails are still there, but they're all overgrown, and uh, a lot of the woods have kind of creeped up, and you've got prickers out the ass, or in your ass in this case, alright, prickers galore. Um, and those are just a couple things that are in the Cuyahoga Valley. There's so much more stuff to go see. If you've got the time, go down there and look around. You've got the Erie Canal Locks. Um, you've got a place called Deep Lock Quarries, which is where they dug all the, the, the sandstone out to build the, the, the locks. Um, it's this really cool terraced quarry you can kind of climb up on top of. It's got some, some cool shots you can get there. Um, the ledges at Virginia Kendall are these natural ledges made by the glaciers. You can walk around and there's caves and stuff. It's really cool. Uh, take the train ride. Um, you can get the you can you can pick up the train in um, in Cleveland and you can ride it on down to Peninsula or even down to Canton and come back. It's an awesome day day trip. I highly recommend it. Uh, the town of Peninsula itself is a hopping spot. There's restaurants there. You can rent bikes. Um, it's just a cool historical place. There's lots of cool stuff to see in Boston Township. Even if there's no Satan worshippers or crazy ghosts or you know haunted buses or any of that stuff, there's a lot of awesome stuff to see. So get down there if you can. And if you're coming from out of state, make it a point to go. There's some neat. This is worth worth it. There's some shots there to be had. All right, I wouldn't let you down on this. There's some cool shots to be had. Anyway, so that's my story about Helltown. All right, I'm sorry if I ruined some of your dreams of going to Helltown. I mean, I'm telling you this now. If you're going to see what I talked about, that stuff doesn't exist. I hate, I hate to kill, I hate to kill the legend, but don't waste your time. Find the stuff that is there and enjoy that. Uh, go find, go find the waterfalls. Go find, you know, and uh, shoot the Mother of Sorrow churches. It's really cool. The Mother of Sorrow churches is a beautiful church. Go shoot the outside of it. Maybe they'll let you shoot the inside if you ask nicely right? Anyway, that's what I've got for today, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. All right. I, I, please, um, you know, share, share, share the episode with people if, if you liked it. Um, as always, keep sending me questions on Facebook or at, you know, at Mr. P Explorers uh, or on Instagram or Twitter or sorry, X or wherever I may happen to be, wherever you follow me, keep sending questions in. We'll keep collecting them for a future Q and a episode. Uh, have a great weekend. Get out there and explore. Um, Maybe we'll see you out there. Who knows? All right. Whatever you wind up doing, stay safe. Get some great shots. And I will see you guys in the next one. So have a great weekend. And we'll talk to you then. This is Mr. P signing out.